With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The preseason is over. Mike is really sad about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, are, we couldn't be happier that the preseason is over and that we can get to some real football soon. I'm Zach Rosenblatt. I'm here with Mike Kay for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. We're here at MetLife, where we'll be again later this season. Not for a while, actually. That's like towards the end of the year. Uh, there was like a football game. I would say I would put football in air quotes that happened tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. There, there's a good chunk of this game that I did not even physically watch because I was stressing out too much about my 53-man roster which is more important, I think, than anything that happened on the field. Um, I said, We'll say the only thing we'll talk about with this game is we'll do a little quick how did this get thrown segment with Clayton Thorson. Oh. You, you, you do your Thorson spiel because you watched more of him than I did. <laughs> boy, did I watch him. And boy, you know what? Like you said, this was kind of a football game. There was a football involved. <laughs> like technically. Yeah. So Clayton Thorson, uh, the numbers don't do it justice, but the numbers are bad. 12 of 26 for 84 yards and an interception. He was sacked twice for a loss of 20 yards. Um, These throws were bad. Like, there were some... So, they had a fourth down situation in field goal position uh, after an interception, or scoring position, I should say. He threw directly... I I turned to John McMullen and and said, this is going to be a pick. He almost got picked off because he threw the ball behind Tompkins... As Tompkins was streaking wide open uh, down the field, he had a step on his defender, and the defender almost picked up the pass. The, the defender was so surprised at how terrible that throw was. Uh, he had some turf killers. He had some really high throws. He almost got Tompkins killed on the sideline by hanging him out to dry. This was a bad game. He's trying to help them pare down the roster. I mean, I don't know why <laughs> Cody Kessler didn't even get in this yeah. game, but like, well, I mean, I guess they figure, why do we need to yeah. see any more of him or something? Poor guy, he was just walking around. Um, <laughs> but okay, so that'll be the end of our wait. Th- let me this let game me just spiel. Are you still one, going? One okay. thing, let me say, <laughs> it is very hard to make this team as a wide receiver or a tight end when yeah, you're that's fair. When you have a quarterback who is so inaccurate and who has such terrible timing, I mean, or rhythm, it, it, this is bad. This was bad on a lot of levels. And, you know, Doug Peterson said that he was playing like how a rookie should. It's tough to play in the NFL. I get that. Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz missed three preseason games and then started his rookie year. Granted, Carson Wentz is way more talented and whatever. But, like, Thorson couldn't play in a game this season. Like, could not. Like, this would be bad. He would get guys injured. And I think, I think it's time. I think it's time to talk 53 and start with him because this was not a good showing for him. And the only way to keep him is basically by keeping four wide receivers unless you're trading Nate Sudfeld. And I don't think anyone's trading for him unless it's Indy and that's a really small market. And then you're you're negotiating against yourself, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Clayton Thorson's going to be on this team. All right. Yeah. So we're, we're going to go through what we had on our 53-man roster. And uh, 
I will say, I pu- we published this right after the game. I have some very questionable decisions in there that I'm not proud of, but we're going to go through and just kind of say why and why not and just go through some of the guys who, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if they wound up on the team. And Well, and we, ha- we agree on a lot of stuff, so yeah. to make this a little bit more condensed, we'll talk about the differences that we have Yeah, yeah, yeah. for the most part. Um, we'll also kind of explain why there were some big cuts because I know there are some questions about that, so let's start with quarterback. Yeah, so... I even wrote this in there, and I, I, I said, cop out. <laughs> I, I, so I projected Clayton Thorson making it as a fourth quarterback. My reasoning being, number one, that I don't, I don't know how much they actually care about this last game. Though for him, it might have mattered. Uh, number two, they just used a fifth round pick on him, and um, I'm not sure they wanted to take that big of an L on their, on their, on their sheet. Number three. I think it's possible that they keep him initially and then cut him a day or two later. Because they have a couple guys they're going to put an IR. They might want to claim a few guys. Maybe they just want to delay him going through waivers if they really like him. And I think Doug likes him. I don't know about some other people in the organization or on the coaching staff. Just, be, just even just based on the way they answer questions about him. Like when, when the, so Doug was maybe even a little nicer than – like when, when I asked Press Taylor about him earlier in the offseason, the only compliments he could give him were – that he's told he's married. <laughs> well, that that was that was earlier, but he, he that he had he was a great leader in college and all about he was a winner. And then Mike Rowe's only thing was about how he's really good at picking up the plays and he has really good cadence. He has good volume. <laughs> like the fact that they can't even like lie and say we've liked what we've seen him when he throws the ball. Like that's concerning. But I still do think you know they drafted him knowing he was a developmental prospect. Um, you don't you can't really can't keep four quarterbacks on the roster unless, you know, it, it just depends on what they what they think of those guys at the bottom. So I, I'm not confident in this. I did predict him making it. Um, did you did that thought even cross your head before the game at least? What? The, that Thorson would make it? No, not at all. Um, so here's what I'll say. He was a fifth-round pick. He was the ninth quarterback taken. Uh, and he had a terrible preseason. And he wasn't very good in training camp. I think you can get him through waivers. Look, I agree with you that there are reasons that they should keep him. Yeah. For one, uh, for a team or for a coach who's been known to develop quarterbacks, this is a big, big admission of guilt if you are cutting him right away. He's also a rookie, you know. Like he said, I guess you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He is a ro- so when you're drafting a guy in the fifth round who's a quarterback, he's clearly got prospect flaws. And so sometimes you have to kind of consider that going in. That said, when you consider all the injuries that this team has and how many positions they need to fill and how many guys did actually earn jobs, it's very hard to keep him on this main roster. I I think the only guy you'd worry about maybe plucking him off the waiver wire is Joe Douglas. And, you know, the Jets have two really terrible third and fourth string quarterbacks who they're going to cut. So maybe if they think he's the third string guy, but I, I just, to me, I don't really, the cost, the weighing the, so here's a good point. Here, here's a positive. Uh, already saying your point's good before you even say it. That's no, a, no, no, no. That's here's a bold strategy. Here, here's a positive <laughs> for him. Josh McCown, Nate Sudfeld, are both free agents next year. Yeah. Clayton Thorson would be under contract for four years. Who's to say that, if they do keep him, I think this would be the logic. Who's to say that after a year in the offense, he couldn't progress and at least come back and have a um, an encouraging offseason next year? 
I think he it's worth risking putting him on the waiver wire personally. Yeah. I mean, if the reality is if they put him on the waiver wire, they're not actually concerned about losing him because then you don't put him on the waiver wire. Um, but I will, to, to challenge your idea that he definitely won't get claimed or whatever, Luke Falk got claimed last year. He did. And, and he was a six-round pick that year. So, And I think Clayton Thorson's at least as good as Luke Falk. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> that, I that's the only reason why I think there's a decent chance that somebody claims him, even if he doesn't stick around on that team. And I think that's fair. Um, you know, the Jaguars... Quarterbacks be, are quarterbacks, you know? The Jaguars could be a team like that. He did look good against them. Um, they cut your guy, Tanner Lee, you know? Yeah, oh my guy. Uh, <laughs> Tanner Lee might have been the only person that could make this Clayton Thorson performance look, like, salvageable. Um, look, I don't... I don't know... Look... This team likes to look at winning now immediately, but also likes to have a scope of the future. And I think if you can get Thorson on the practice squad, awesome. If you find another guy you like, chances are you can put him on the practice squad and develop him behind him. You know, I mean, there, there's there's going to be another name. I, mean, I was going to say they found Sudfeld. Yeah. Um, so I think we can we both agree that Wendell and Josh Adams aren't making yeah, this team not. right. Uh, so we can we don't really need to do running back though. I mean, Doug did say that Wendell played a lot tonight because it was like his turn. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I mean, the least surprising thing would be if Wendell still made the team. I would say because that just is what happens. He won't. He won't die. He had a he had a fumble in this game he did. too. Uh, I I joked that uh, that was all part of his plan to convince to trick the media into thinking he's actually getting cut. Yeah, you know, <laughs> sometimes you wonder if Howie goes up to these guys and is like, "Hey, we want to get you long term." You know, um, our right, receiver. Is more interesting now than maybe when the game ended, just because I, so I asked Doug about Mac Hollins. We and a lot of people in the media and just people that follow this team have kind of just assumed Mac Hollins is going to make it just because just the way they use him and the way they have talked about him and he was a draft pick and he was on the Super Bowl team. Maybe we were overestimating that because I simply asked Doug, like, how do you evaluate how he's looked over the course of the whole preseason? Because he's been playing a lot more. He played a lot tonight, like w- mm-hmm. deep into the third quarter, which was mm-hmm. surprising for a guy we thought was making it. And Doug's answer was like, you know, we have to look at his whole body of work, which is implying that the recent body work isn't good. And at the end of the statement, he said something along the lines of, there's going to be a lot of tough decisions coming. <laughs> like the, name, the mention of Mac Holland spurred him to say that. <laughs> Well, and to compound that with the fact that Mike Rowe, when I asked him basically the same thing earlier in the week, was just like, yeah, we, we want to see him in the fourth preseason game. Like you can, you can read between the lines with coaches sometimes. Yeah, and I think Rowe spoke positively like that whole presser, and then that was kind of his one lukewarm answer. Matt Collins is an okay – I mean, is an above-average special teams player. That, that's overplayed, that whole that, thing. Yeah, I mean – Based on the NFL tape we have on him. Right. I mean, Rudy Ford, who they just traded for, who actually has a, uh, a an minor injury, <laughs> injury which, which is which, interesting, actually. Which could be, again, you know, one of those IR fandom candidates, whatever. Um, you know, for him, he's a gunner. He can take that spot. Avante Maddox is a great gunner last year before they made him a full-time defensive guy. And now that he's playing nickel, maybe you – feel comfortable putting him out there again. Um, if Rudy Ford doesn't make the team, DeAndre Hall has a history of playing gunner if they want to keep him. Or they can probably claim somebody that – Yeah, I mean, this Those is guys hit a, free agency all the time. Yeah, this is not – you know, Matt Collins doesn't make or break the wide receiver group. If anything, I think Greg Ward significantly outplayed him. Like, it's yeah. not even close. The, the, whole, the special teams thing is the only reason we're all coming up with for why they would keep Mac. Well, they just cut Shelton Gibson, like, who's so, better. Like, so – 
as we're sitting here right now, do you think Greg Ward or Mac Hollins is on that final roster or initial roster, I should say? I came into this night thinking that it, Mac was a foregone conclusion, but now I'm like, I, it's it was, a toss. It, it was up. that press conference, like right? Didn't that yeah, kind of tip the scales? A, that was like, you, like we yeah, were, we I'm were. Glad you asked I mean, and we start, we all of us in the press box started when he, we saw him on the field in the third quarter. Still, first of all, that he was playing at all, and then cause when you play in this game, it's usually not a good sign unless you're Deshaun a Hall. guy that you want to see film on, or yeah, a guy like Deshaun Hall. The defensive ends all played. Josh Sweat played, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he, um, he, he got we'll get into him later. He made the but team. like just the combination of everything. Like it's anytime anybody asks a question about Matt Hollins, the coaches would get a little defensive because um, a lot of times the framing of the question would be like, "Have you seen enough from him to evaluate him?" And they'd be like, "You know, he's been hurt a lot. We have to look. We have to look at what we know about him already." I, he he's one of the more interesting cases on this roster. So here's what I'll say: I think he makes the initial fifty-three. I think they cut him for a waiver claim. Uh, like a guy they claim yeah, off Yeah, like I else. think they like him, but they don't love him. Yeah, like like they, they, they won't stay up at night if they keep him. Like there's a guy on the uh, the Jets who's an amazing special teams player, who's a wide receiver, who's just a terrible wide receiver, but he's a great special <laughs> teams player, Sharon Peak. So he's only a wide receiver in quotes pretty much? Yeah, yeah. pretty much, yeah. Like he's, he's one of those Matthew Slater type of all – you know, core four special teams guy. Like how Rick Lovato is a tight end or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, no, but like that's, that that would be interesting to me. All right, let's move uh, Our moment. tight end is also interesting. Um, I think you and I both had similar philosophies, not the exact same. Um, so Richard Rodgers, we don't know exactly how severe his foot injury is. It looks here it's going to happen, but it seems like he was moving around okay. Like we just have no idea where he stands on that. So my theory is that we'll see something similar to last year, though not exactly the same. You have it as being exactly the same where they keep him on the initial roster and then put him on IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year they kept him and Josh Perkins initially. I, I say that – so you and I have both noticed it seems like a lot of people have been high on Josh Perkins this, this fall, but he's been pretty – he drops everything. Yeah, <laughs> he is not – I know they like him. I like Alex Ellis, but yeah, I pick Josh but Perkins. he seems like a guy that they're not – they wouldn't be worried about. if he, So I, my theory is they keep Rodgers, put him on IR, see maybe what's out there, if there's somebody they can claim, and then if they don't like what's there, you bring – you bring back Ellis or Perkins because you obviously need another one, especially with Goddard banged up. Yeah, that was my logic too. I just kept both you of them. You just decided to keep them initially. Yeah, yeah just yeah. in case. Because what you could do is, in theory, if Rodgers is, is, you know, can come back in a month, you keep Rodgers on the active roster. And then uh, if you like a guy, you can claim him. Um, and he can be the third tight end, but at least you still have Rodgers on there. That way you're not feeling like you have urgency either way. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe it's they claim a guy and they cut Perkins, and then Rodgers comes back in a month. Yeah, Perkins can stay initially, and then they get rid of him. Right, that was my logic. There's guys – so I did like a little calculation, and basically there's only like really th- like three roster spots right. available, which is the, the way to think about it. There's all these average guys competing for three spots, and it ultimately just comes down to position more than player almost. Mm-hmm. You know, like, do they want to keep a 10th offensive lineman? Do they want a fifth safety? Do they want a sixth corner? Do they want a sixth linebacker? Right. And I think superficial needs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, like nothing that's going to make or break your season unless there's a lot of injuries. Which a linebacker would be one. It wouldn't make or break your season, but we're going to get to that when we get over the defense. Yeah. But um, offensive line again. This is another interesting one, but it's only interesting at the very back end of it. Mm-hmm. Jordan Malata is another Richard Rodgers type, where his back injury is a little mysterious. Doug keeps like delaying when he's going to give us a real update. <laughs> At first, he said, "I'll know. We'll have tests." Tomorrow morning, earlier this week of practice, after the game today, said, we'll know more tomorrow morning. I'll let you guys know on Monday. By Monday, we're going to – I have a feeling we're going to find out that he's on injured reserve anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what they'll do – I think 
Hear me out here. I think they're going to... I think what could happen is they could keep him on the 53-man. So you don't think they'd end his season? I don't think they would ever bring him back, but they would do it so that it would seem like that it was about a confidence as opposed to... Eh. I mean, look, if he makes a 53-man roster, I'm still iffy, if that makes sense. Like, you're, you're said, not completely certain that that's the final decision. Right. That could be a situation like Matt like Collins. He's going to be on this team, whether it's like, on injured list or not. Though. Look at look at what happened with Matt Collins. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. You mean last year, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I think that could be a similar situation where they want to Although that one was even weirder because Holland was like, yeah, I'm playing week one. Yeah, I don't know if Maylotta <laughs> would be playing week one yeah, regardless. Yeah. But so, so, let's, so in our heads, we both believe that they're putting him on IR. So going with that assumption... That that so that we have what seven locks for the roster, right? Mm-hmm. So Peter, Sayamalo, Kelsey, Brooks, Johnson, Vitai, Dillard, mm-hmm. and, and you went light. I went light for the initial. Right. So I I only have the Matt Pryor being the eighth one. I still think they keep him, even though he hasn't shown Same. really any reason to keep him. But the versatility they drafted him. Um, Stoutland, I feel like they're confident that he can make anybody look good. Yeah, um, I agree. So and you have Pryor making it too. I only don't. I only have them at eight initially, and then I think that's the position where they put they put a couple guys in IR or whatever, and then they either claim somebody or bring back Wisniewski, Herbig, Apeta, yeah. whatever. Because so um, I, I don't have Wisniewski a hat on in there initially. He's just been so bad, and if he's not a center for them anymore, then what value does he actually have to them? Yeah, so let's talk about that because I have Herbig. I kept not. Yeah, you, you had Herbig making it. Yeah. The reason why I have Herbig on there is because that way you have a backup center in practice. So for that first week, what I think will end up, ha- I think Wisniewski will be on this team come week two, but you don't need to guarantee his contract. If he continues to struggle in practice or he doesn't look good in the game, you can cut him and there's no loss. I think that's very important. Everybody's like, well, it's only a million dollars. But here's the thing. If you have a lot of injuries and you have to sign guys in the middle of stuff, you want to be able to carry over that cap space. You want to be able to do all that stuff. It do- Every million dollars is important. Uh, we'll get into that too at the cornerback position, but in the safety position. But like realistically, Wisniewski does not need to be on the first roster because or the second roster. Or sorry, sorry <laughs> for the week one roster because yeah, yeah. Samalo can play center in a pinch, um, or they just move on from Wiz. To be honest, <laughs> right? And and Vitai can play left guard if if they really need to. I mean, Matt Pryor can play left guard and do all that stuff too. Or if they if they kept Herbig or Opeta, those two guys can play guard also. Right. Opeta like, you, you don't want to but yeah. I'm I, just saying I, you don't you don't want those guys actually playing, but and Brett Toth's also a little interesting. I don't think he'd make the team, but maybe yeah, he'd be an IR one. guy or something cuz I mean they they really wanted him and he had well, like, interest what, in other what would teams. his injury be patriotism? Like what the like okay. I don't know what like That's pretty funny. Thank you. All right. So we're done with the offense. We didn't really have that much different. Like yeah, it was things, her, but. her. So Herbig, Herbig, and and Rogers were basically yeah. Our, so defensive line, we have a small first. difference. You have Sharif Miller going on IR before the rosters are announced, which would clear up a spot. I have him making the team on the initial. We both have Hester being cut, um, or at least maybe traded. I mm-hmm. could see him getting traded to the Jets. Uh, we both like Hester quite a bit, uh, but I just don't. Unless Fletcher Cox's injury lingers, that would, if Hester makes the team, then I think you should be worried about Fletcher Cox's injury. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to keep five defensive tackles, especially with Brandon Graham's ability to go inside. But um, so your Millers, it's, that's more of like a you just don't see him playing this year. So why put him on the roster, right? Yeah, I think. <clears throat> I mean, I think I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this because I we, we don't both know have Deshaun Hall making it, by the way. Yeah, we're gonna get. I'm gonna get flack for that because we don't know if he actually has an injury, but it's one of those phantom. Things that Howie's very much notorious for doing. I, I don't think, you know, 
I, I don't know. They had him play out there the whole game. It's possible to say, oh, man, he's banged up. And then Josh Sweat's a guy that we need to talk about. We both had Josh Sweat making the roster. but We're, we're less sure of that than we were at the beginning of preseason, though. Yeah, I could see him being trade bait for sure. I mean, and, and like, how shocked would you be on a scale of 1 to 10 if he was cut? Like, just straight up cut? I don't think they'd straight up cut him. Okay, so I, you'd be pretty surprised by that? Yeah, that would be shocking. He's been pretty disappointing, though. Yeah, I mean, he had a couple of moments in this game, but... He he's, like, pretty against... clearly, like, only a pass rusher, and he's a developmental one. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he... You know, maybe it's that I got the projection wrong, and they got the projection wrong, and he's better off in a 3-4. I mean, he has the physical and the athletic traits you look for, but he's one of those guys that slowly... Like, you talk about him a lot. Everybody's talking about how he put on weight. He's like one of the classic put-on-weight guys. Mm-hmm. And then as Dacian Halls, I'm doing stuff with my hands now and indicating stock rising and falling. I mean, everything's appropriate with the hand <laughs> usage that he's got, but yeah. So you got Dacian Hall's stock going up, my arm's facing upwards now. And you have Dacian Sweat's stock going down with my arm facing down. Man, this podcasting <laughs> business is, is rough stuff. <laughs> I mean, Dacian Hall, like he, a few people have said this, but he's like the ultimate test case for if the preseason matters or not. Because mm-hmm. if they cut him... Why are we doing this? <laughs> right. Like yeah. He's been the best player on the team in the preseason. <laughs> I think I think he's made the team. Yeah, he might be their fourth defensive end. He probably is right now, right? Yeah, he's I mean, I don't know who else would be. He's a great... I mean, Unless they pick up somebody else, but... Remember, he's a former third-round pick. I just, yeah, you know, recent, recently. Yeah. 2017, I believe, yeah, right? Yeah, correct. Um, Eli Harold also recent 2017, and he basically hasn't existed on this team. So. He wiped out a Trevon Hester sack. Oh, did he? Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I paid a lot of attention, if you can't yeah, tell. Yeah. <laughs> this game was so important. <laughs> so important. So linebacker, um, also, so you initially had this, and I and backed out, and I didn't have it initially, and I and I and I panicked and put it on there. Uh, T.J. Edwards being a sixth linebacker, you removed him probably the last second, not last second, but during the game you did. Yeah. Um, just my thought process being, he's looked pretty good in the preseason. Camus is going to be out a few weeks. I know they don't play linebacker, so I still am hesitant. But he's also a guy I think would get claimed if they cut him. Probably. Probably. Um, he's he's one of those bottom of the roster guys that they're pro- they were probably debating a tournament. I think they already already know knew before this game what they were doing. Honestly, I'm but surprised I, he played as long as he did. Yeah, I he think played he, the whole game. I think he's one of those guys internally that they probably debated about a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, Alex Singleton was great tonight. Yeah. And he was very good. The first He's been good all preseason. Yeah, man. I mean, it, that's that's one where I just look at, like, for my personal evaluation, I think he should make the team. But based on the body language, so to speak, of like how they use him and what they're doing, I doesn't it doesn't look good. So why why'd you remove Edwards then? Um, well, actually, we can get to that with the next okay, position. Okay, so as your explanation, corner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So just to give you some background before you get into so Orlando Scandrick was one of the players that didn't even play tonight, but I think he warmed up mm-hmm. with all the guys who are making the team, which was very interesting because we've both kind of been under the assumption that they cut him and then bring him back because they can put LeBlanc on IR. But I, I still had it as that because I, I still think they can get him through waivers, but why do you have him on the team? So here's my logic. Um, Scandrick, <coughs> the, the, the Eagles really don't have a true free safety behind Rodney McLeod. Um, I think they have to keep at least uh, 10 guys active. I've got Craven LeBlanc making the team, but then getting put on IR because he's that's got a, I think that's a fair assumption. I don't think he's – Camus closer to coming back than he is. Right, so if that's the case and Darby is able to play week one, which we don't know about. Yeah, we don't know. So 
if Darby's able to play, you have Darby, Douglas, Jones, Maddox, and Scandrick. If you don't have Darby, you have Douglas, Jones, Maddox, yeah. and Scandrick. So if Sk- if Scandrick makes the team, I wonder if that's a bad sign for Darby, or, like initially. Maybe, but also remember too, if Roddy McLeod gets injured, Avante Maddox is probably your backup. Yeah, so you have even less corners. Yeah, right. So that's interesting. Actually, I mean, I think Scandrick too. What's interesting about Scandrick, we brought up this up earlier. He basically gets a hundred thousand dollars every time he's active for a game. I think is is it's what, not a bad deal. What the bonus is? We yeah. don't get that every time we're active. No, but and, and we are so <laughs> active anyway. Uh, but uh, oh, we man. both have Mills on pup. I just think Orlando Scandrick's a guy. He's really liked in the locker room. If you watch him... I mean, him and Deshaun are boys. Yeah, I mean, I, and you want to appease. I thought it was interesting. There was a... So Carson Wentz has been to, like, a few dinners with the top weapons. It's been Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and Deshaun. And there was one, I think, when they were in Jacksonville, I want to say, where Orlando Skandrick... I'm sure he just tagging along with Deshaun, but it's kind of funny that... Of all the people, like Orlando Scandrick's like the sixth willing or whatever. Well, and, and Orlando told me, too, when he first got here, he said Deshaun's been, like, on top of him, like, basically trying to make him comfortable. and all the, Like, he's the two of them have been inseparable in that locker room. Whenever Deshaun's in there, like, I went up to – so here's an interesting nugget. I went up to Deshaun to ask him a question about something I'm doing, like a story I'm doing. You mean Orlando? No, I went up to Deshaun. Uh. And the other day, before it was announced that he had a broken finger, and I said, hey, do you mind if I talk to you? And he said, I'm not really feeling very well. Turned out that it was the finger thing. But Skandrick immediately went over and to check on him. Like, this, he overheard it. And, like, so I think, you know, those guys, they talk. They're, they're boys. And, um, look, Skandrick's got the ability to play outside and inside. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's more experienced than anybody else on the Corey Unlin really likes him, too. I asked him about him. Yeah, yeah, he's a smart guy, too. I think I – think, he he was up and down in Kansas City, but like I think you know being in the in the Dallas environment and system for so long, it's tough to sometimes catch your you know your bearings and whatever. But look, I think Skandrick's a guy that we should really look at as a insurance policy for everyone. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. He enables you to you're, move Maddox. You're like convincing me that I think he's going to make it. You made a good case. Well, I, I think I think too when you like. Sometimes there are guys that are kind of, what do they call it, like handcuffed together because of, like Maddox being the potential backup free safety makes Skandrick so much more important because Jones could, could play in the slot, but you really don't really want him there. He's an outside I mean, you, you, want, you trust the veteran who's started 90 games in the NFL or whatever. Right, <laughs> yeah. and I think appeasing Deshaun is a really important thing. Speaking of, we should just touch on the injury real quick. I did report after like the initial thing came out that uh, it's not a it, it's it's minor. It happened, but it's he's going to be back for week one, and Doug basically confirmed that after the game today. Mm-hmm. So no, nothing to be worried about there. Not basically, he did confirm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, he was vague at first, and then some yeah. follow ups were were asked. Um, so safety, um, I, we both have them keeping five safeties. I'm not like entirely confident in that, but. The main reason why we both have them, because we both have them keeping Cyprian, who also didn't play tonight, by the way. Um, and Cyprian and Sandejo both aren't exactly what you want in a deep safety. Right. And not that not to say Rudy Ford is, but he at least can play special teams. So, so I don't know. I feel like... Sandejo is going to be... Ford your... being in, injured 
in air quotes potentially uh, is interesting at least. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with that, but I think they're giving themselves. Cyprian's another guy they could hypothetically cut and bring back too. Mm-hmm. I think Cyprian makes it because he allows you to go. Oh, that's also part of the reason why I was cool cutting T.J. Edwards is uh, Cyprian gives you the opportunity, like if you really need to in a pinch, much like Maddox at free safety, to have an extra Will or Sam linebacker out there because Cyprian can technically play linebacker um, based on his size and and speed. Uh, Zendaya is going to be your third safety. Uh, I think Rudy Ford, look, I talked to a, a few people that cover the Cardinals or, or work with the Cardinals, and they said this kid's a dynamite gunner. So, I mean, if he's healthy and he's on the team, I think it's great. But you're also, I don't think Doug wanted to give away anything in that press conference, bringing up, it, talking about Ford being injured. Yeah, he was pretty short about it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Melata, too. Like, you have to be strategic. You have to know what you're saying. Like, if you would have been like, man, so what did you make? Like, uh, who, who did Les ask about? Les? Wendell Smallwood and uh, Josh Adams, yeah. Right, and, and, and the response was lukewarm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Mac Collins response was lukewarm as could be. Right, yeah. I mean, apparently Joe Douglas and, like, the Jets have been, like, crapping on players. Like at times in, in interviews, which is an interesting way of going about things. So you mean on the Jets roster? Yeah, saying? the Jets roster. Yeah. So I thought you meant they were crapping on Eagles players. I'm like, damn. You know, you know how we like to play games on this show. Um, obviously, I had one for you at the end. Actually. Oh, I do too as well. <laughs> uh, special teams is obviously the same, same old. Crew. Cameron Johnson did do kickoffs tonight. He did. Jake Elliott literally did nothing tonight. We were hoping we could see him kick a field goal because if he missed it again, it yeah. Been well, I think problematic. They I think they but that's probably why. Yeah. yeah, they probably didn't want to hurt. Wait, so what's the game you had for me? Uh, guess first. how many? Guess how many Eagles players are going to be on the Jets by Monday? Like over cur- like current, you're saying? Current, yes, like- <laughs> current Eagles players. Yes. Hmm. Wait, what's the over under? Okay, three. I'll go under. I'll say the two. All right, I'm going to go with over. I'm going to say you th- four. You think four guys are going to make it over there? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a Joe Douglas classic. He loves guys that he used to that he was involved with bringing onto the rosters. I'll give you the four. Oh, you, ha- you even have a prediction here. Wow. He's going to claim Alex Singleton. He's going to claim Josh Adams. Uh, he's going to claim Matt Collins if they cut him. If they don't cut Matt Collins, he'll bring in Greg Ward. And I think that he will bring in either Josh Hawkins or Jeremiah McKinnon. You think they're going to put one of those two on their roster? I, that's this take. team is not good. You're obsessed with those guys. This, this Jets team is not good. <laughs> Certain football players. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap up the preseason with this game. It's gonna be a little rapid fire, and I'm gonna throw you some award superlatives, and you just. Oh, I thought you were gonna like award me. No, like, you don't get was, any awards. I was like, thank you. You are awarded nothing. That was I, that I scene. Pro- you know that scene from Billy Madison? Yeah. Where the, at the end, where he's like, "We're all dumber for having." <laughs> I was gonna make some paper effects noises for radio. Like I didn't prepare for this, and then it was actually gonna pull out of speech. <laughs> And then you had, like, a full speech yeah, planned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. All right, so rapid fire. Who's the Eagles' offensive MVP of the preseason? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the offense has been a struggle. Wow, that's a really tough one. I'll go with Greg Ward. I would say J.J. Arcega-Whiteside would be a good oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, J.J.'s a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's um, Who's the defensive MVP? Deshaun that, that, Hall. That's easy. Yeah. Deshaun who, Hall uh, of fame. Who has been the most disappointing player? Matt Collins. Not, qu- not close. Who has been the most surprising player? Deshaun Hall. And, and Greg Ward, those were, those yeah, are two, Ward, those, yeah. those, those two kind of win any positive awards. Well, and, and what I'd say is, if I had gave a defensive disappointing player, I'd say Josh Sweat. Which uh, injured like Eagles veteran guy are you most concerned about a week out from the season? 
I've been given the indication that uh, Nigel Brown should be good for week one. That That's not a report, but it, it's looking good for him. So I would probably go with Fletcher Cobb. Yeah, that, that's the obvious one. I'm not concerned as, with Darby as much as I'm not 100% sure he is a full go in week one. And I think they're fine if he doesn't. I mean, they're yeah. playing a Washington team that is trying to trade Josh Doxson, who is like pretty much their only wide receiver outside of Paul Richardson. So, oh. man, I can't wait to talk about this Washington team. It is a mess. <laughs> what, what was your favorite Clayton Thorson moment of the preseason? <laughs> uh, the pass to Greg Ward where Greg there Ward basically made him famous. There you go. My my favorite was in training camp when he threw the ball a mile away from I think it was Charles Johnson. Yeah, that almost hit a, a child. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, rank, rank the Eagles' five rookie draft picks based on what you saw in the preseason. Andre Dillard, number one. Yeah, yeah, number one. Mile probably in order. Miles Sanders. Wow. JJ or Sega Whiteside. Yeah, that's, it actually kind of works uh, out that way. I guess Shuri you could Miller. argue JJ over Miles, maybe, but yeah, that, that would be an interesting one. Uh, weren't they drafted like four picks apart or three picks apart, yeah. whatever? Um, yeah, I mean, you could go. That's a toss-up. I really think Miles Sanders is going to be a really special player. Like, I I really like Miles Sanders a lot. All right, and then we can end on this. So, what is there like a prediction you have now that maybe you wouldn't have four years ago? I mean, four weeks ago, four weeks ago for the season. Um. Like, overall, like the regular season? Yeah, just like just looking ahead, anything about the season. Like, is there something you wouldn't have predicted if I asked you four weeks ago that you will now? This team really needs Deshaun Jackson to stay healthy for 16 games. It's not a prediction. That's just or you like, oh, it's uh, Well, but that, you asked me <laughs> you know something pre- I wouldn't have. So a prediction, hmm. Hmm. Like, hmm. like for me, I, I'll say I think Miles Sanders is like the number one running back by week four. I would have said by okay, week eight so, before. Okay. Um, I know, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, so you're like, have to think yeah. outside of the box um, here. But. JJ Arcega Whiteside's going to catch at least 25 passes this season. Uh, and you wouldn't have said that before? No, yeah. I thought he was going to be one of those like, 10 to 12 guys. Like he's convinced you enough that. Yeah, I think Arcega Whiteside's going to have a role. All right. And uh, last question that everybody's been asking are the Eagles going to trade for Jadavion Clowney? <laughs> I think only Howie Roseman and whoever the bot that runs the, uh, the Texans knows that. But, um, no, I don't think they will. Yeah. If they do, we'll have an emergency podcast for you probably. Right. I'm okay. <laughs> you know what? If I'm wrong about that, it's because... Logically, you know, they won't. Lot, I just think it goes against a lot of what they do. You can talk about all like the big splash moves they made, but most of those were low cost. J.H.I. didn't cost it anything money-wise and the pick really was inconsequential um the ronald darby thing they traded a third round pick in jordan matthews for a top corner which they badly needed he cost nothing he was on a rookie deal i mean if you look at what howie roseman's done since he returned in 2016 they've all been low cost like has has he ever traded for a guy that was making a lot of money before um, I mean, maybe I mean, Deshaun's contract, maybe, but he, but they restructured it anyway. Right, but they also knew what they were getting. And, and he was going to get cut anyway. And Yeah, Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things. So when you think about it, you know, here's maybe, what I would... Maybe Michael Bennett would be the most expensive one he traded for. Right. $7 million, which doesn't even much. Right, but you're talking about a completely... You're basically trading for a quarterback yeah. salary, a lower-end quarterback what, salary. What, $16 million, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. You're trading for the equivalent of... 
Uh, well, I mean, then, he'd, be, it, he'd be one of the five highest paid guys on the team. Right. And the thing you have to also consider is Fletcher Cox played like a quarterback. Yes. And Carson Wentz is about to, like, really feel the... the I mean, Lane the, Johnson's contract's pretty huge. Alshon Jeffries is big. Zach Ertz is... I think they might have restructured Ertz. Something that we need to consider, too, and I don't want to make the end of this all about Clowney, is people talk about the rollover cap. It's very important to roll over that cap because already, even if you roll over that cap, you're probably going to have to cut some notable players on defense, and you have to be able to fill those openings with replacements who are going to be cheaper and younger. So you probably want to keep a lot of those draft picks. Another thing to consider too, if they trade somebody like Vitae or they trade somebody like Aguilar, they're probably trading them with a third or a second round pick. So you're giving up a compensatory pick along with that, that pick. So like Nelson Aguilar, instead of maybe getting a fifth round compensatory pick for him signing elsewhere next year, you're not getting that. That's not yours anymore. So you're trading a third and a fifth or a second and a fifth for him so it's worth keeping in mind and also you know golden tate thought he was going to resign here you know what i mean like stuff changes after after trades like you could think wow man he's it might gonna, not work out like yeah with golden tate. Yeah. yeah he's going to be great in this defense he ends up having five sacks doesn't like jim schwartz uh doesn't like being in rotation yeah like stuff happens you can't just like not having that guarantee of being able to negotiate right now is very tough to and it goes against what the eagles have always done yeah. right so i just from my optics it doesn't make a lot of sense now if they trade for them and they have a plan which they didn't with golden tate seemingly then that's a smart move i just my price would be a role player somebody like Aguilar, and, and a third round pick and that would be as high as i would go I think that's fair. Okay, we'll end on that note. Uh, wait, let me see if there was any comments that we need to read. And Most of them were positive. It's, 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 so. Yeah, it is, and it's a lot about, like, clowning. And, let's see. Because we talked a lot about Nate Sudfeld, and that's kind of old stuff with the, the Colts and stuff, so we'll leave that out for now. But, yeah, le- leave us comments. Um, we're going to be starting to get into a regular schedule now with our podcast because it's game week time, which we're both excited about. Uh, we'll, Super we'll start doing probably three podcasts a week, you know, one early in the week, one – previewing the game on Thursday or Friday, and then one post-game, our, our classic post-game pods. And we have more of a structure now, as you guys notice. I think we're getting a little better at this thing. Let us know if you think so. You guys have been nicer lately, so. Uh, yeah, and let us know, that, you know, we're going to be switching it up, hosting duties, because we want to give Let you, us know who's better. Yes, yeah, pretty much just, just like, praise one of us and dislike the other. But, it, but be nice about it. You know, know, rumor, don't be nice You know, there's rumors out there that we don't like each other because we cut each other off so much, which Wait, is only half Can you stop talking, please? I'm trying to finish this. <laughs> I'm gonna go cry in the corner. <laughs> and but uh, in all seriousness, yeah, leave us some comments. If you if you guys that write any new reviews, we'll read them, whether they're positive or negative. Uh, tweet at us. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll have another podcast coming soon. Deuces. <laughs>